Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. Welcome back, everybody, to another inflammatory episode of the Macabre Academy. I am Kevin, your resident... And then we have Steph, our resident nerdy witch. Hello, guys. And we have Eric back with us for a second time. Woot, woot. Eric being our resident paranormal investigator? Uh, That would be one of many hats I wear. There you go. Yeah, for some crazy reason, he decided this was fun and he wanted to come back for another episode. So here we are. Hey, that's how you got me involved. I know, right? (laughs) I was just telling Eric about that. Okay, do we have a current events with Kev today? Oh, do we have so many? Okay, well, choose. Uh, No, you're going to get them all. Okay, that'll (laughs) give me time to drink my Gentleman Jack. I've bought uh, this in so long. It's pretty, it's pretty. Started Sunday with the ass hat at Lowe's. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but fuck that guy with a cactus. And then this has been a shitty week for a new, for various reasons. Uh, legendary F1 commentator, Mary Walker has passed away, which, uh, which kind of sucks because he was, revered by pretty much everybody he's ever come in contact with it seems i've never met him i've only seen him on tv but everybody who's ever worked with him has been real broken up about it which is kind of kind of a test of how you are as a person when you pass is the people who work with you or have worked with you how they respond and they've just been broken up about it and and that sucks and then a second death was uh sabine schmidt who, for those of you who don't know, there's a racetrack in Germany called the Nürburgring. She grew up in the, she actually grew up inside the town uh, that the racetrack goes around. And she was the queen of the ring. And beyond that, she was also a presenter on Top Gear, uh, both as a co host or a guest star during the uh, Clarkson Hammond and May era. She famously, was giving Clarkson shit when he did a 10 minute lap in a Jaguar. And she goes, I can do that time in a Ford transit van and misses it by eight seconds. <laughs> He's, Clarkson's in like a Clarkson's in like one of the Jag is one of the Jag, like super sport cars. And she's just, she just lays into him and they do strip almost everything out of the van, but it's, a, a you know, there's no real modification to it. Just some, off the shelf weight reduction shit you can do with a wrench, take out the seats, take out the spare tire, things like that. And uh, she ran a 10 zero eight, which is just obscene. Um, she lost a battle with cancer. She was, I believe 52. Mm. And for someone like that to go so, so early for everything she's done for not only motorsport, but getting women involved in both motorsport and cars in general, um, her loss was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't usually use that term loose lightly when celebrities die. I generally don't care. Uh, and her death doesn't really impact me in any meaningful way because I'm, I'm a guy. So I don't need that role model, but to, for people I respect in automotive journalism uh, to come out and write what they have written 
there's a great article on the drive by a woman named Steph and I can't remember her last name. Um, she has, her article was, was very well written and very meaningful and gives you a sense of what this woman meant to the larger automotive community of particularly women. Uh, she's won the Nürburgring 24 twice, the only woman to do it. She was, if you look up beast mode in the dictionary, it should just have a picture of her to be quite <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> and then in other bullshit news, somebody was found with a firearm and ammunition in their car outside of the official residence of Kamala Harris, who is our vice president. Uh, so that's some bullshit. Hmm. And I don't think we can go much further into this episode before we talk about the absolute insanity bullshit of what happened yesterday in Nashville. Um, what ha- I don't know anything. What happened? Atlanta? Was it Atlanta? It was Atlanta. It was not Nashville. Okay. Sorry, I got my I got my I got my areas wrong. Um, some fucking psycho gunned down eight Asian women at a massage, at massage parlors throughout the city, uh, which is horrible, tragic and terrible in and of itself. And then the police chief comes out with a statement essentially saying uh, he's at the end of his rope. He had a really bad day and that's why he did what he did. Uh, I, I had a bad day. I'm not I, getting in the car and gunning people down. I didn't need to know anything beyond the fact that he was taken alive to know that he was a white guy, which is kind of telling as to where our judicial system and our our police forces are in this country. That me simply knowing that the guy was alive and making statements told me everything I needed to know about him. That's we've covered this on other podcasts. I'm not going to get back into it. but it is impossible bullshit that this. Do you is see the happening. horror on my face? I'm literally looking it up right now. I don't know. If yeah, you it's sheer terror. The police chief also had some extremely racist clothing made and bragged about it on social media, which is a surprise to fucking nobody. Um, mm. So, our thoughts and prayers, of course, and our good vibes and our care bear energy and all that are going out to everybody affected by this, their friends, their families, their loved ones, coworkers, all of that is, I really hope my wife and I differ on this. I really hope they fried the fucking guy, but fuck that guy. You know, I didn't start believing in the death penalty until I read the Chris Watts case. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, there's a special place in hell for some people and they need to be knocked off the planet. So, uh, speaking of frying people, let's move on to the topic of today's podcast. <laughs> Great segue. Glam dunk it, Kev. What are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about spontaneous human combustion. Ooh. Anything else before we jump into it, or should we just dive in? No, go first? balls deep. Just right in there. The first mention of spontaneous human combustion is in the history books. Is uh Wow, I really can't read that. <laughs> I want to go with Paulinus 
Oh. Hey, Eric. Wait, what? Versutis? Sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. They're not alive anymore. They're not going to know. They don't even speak English. They didn't speak English. They're not going to understand us anyway. Our good friend Polly over here, he was just, you know, your regular Italian knight. He lived in the late 1400s. He liked wine, women, and song. I mean, same. And apparently had consumed two ladles of very strong wine one night. And apparently it disagreed with him. People say that he immediately vomited flame and then burst into flames. No one else really seemed to have a problem with the wine. People were baffled as to what happened and we're still kind of baffled. So I'm going to, I'm going to take my witchy minute for a second right now, right off the bat. Ooh, ooh, witchy woman. All right. So if you reach far enough into the past, people believe that the human body is derived from four or five elements of nature, depending on your view. So you got the earth, you got the water, you got the air and you got the fire. And we all know what the fifth the soul? Yeah, spirit. spirit. The soul. Or in my favorite movie ever, it's like love. She was Lilu, the fifth spirit. All right, anyway. So this is universal, and it can be kind of found throughout the cosmos. And, okay, so when fire consumes the body from the inside out, that delicate balance of those elements has been thrown in utterly out of whack with disastrous results. So this is my famous put a pin in it. We're going to come back to it later. Okay. So what the fuck is spontaneous human combustion? Eric, it's you when you burst it? into flames spontaneously, but that's not important right now. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's all those dating sites. You want someone with spontaneity. This is definitely taking it to a level that they're not going to enjoy. Uh, hey, we're not here to kink shame. That is true. It definitely would be the hottest experience any of us would have. But a ching. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is in the realm of pseudoscientific, so it should be something you're familiar with, Eric. That it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's a wild. It's a widely held scientific belief. Yes, a hundred percent. This is fact. Now. that's what that means so the con the, it's a concept of combustion of a living or recently deceased human body without the apparent external reese uh, look they can't tell what the fuck caused the body to ignite that's what that is in addition to reported cases description of a let of this alleged phenomenon appeared in literature um there seems to be some current con- I'm not drinking enough. This is bad. Hold on. This is bad. It's bad. I'm not I'm not usually this bad. Common characteristics of circumstances and remains of the victims. Okay, that you put those two things together, it meets that criteria. You have spontaneous human combustion. So the standard profile seems to reflect people, most commonly who are overweight or infirm, that also consume alcohol and smoke tobacco. So me. Fuck. Yeah, we're screwed. We're all fucked. Uh, Eric doesn't smoke. He's safer. That I am. 
but I probably offset that with just my BMI. So, hey, if it's over thirty, you're in Group One A. Go get your vaccine. Um, that 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 <laughs> I don't want to have to go back into the office. I love working. You don't have home. to tell them. <sighs> That's true. Hey, Ohio's opening up to 16 plus on the 29th, and they're allowing people from out of state. Nice. Did you get your vaccine yet, Ohio? Uh, No, I'm going to go to Ohio. Oh, okay. Let's road trip. Okay. So back to candidates for spontaneous human combustion. I'm more screwed than yins because more cases are female than men. That's discriminatory. (laughs) What's really awful, and I put pictures in the group notes so you can see it, is that usually hands or feet are left behind, despite the fact that the rest of the body has succumbed to intense heat and is often rendered to ash. Occasionally, victims are less left featureless because the nose, ears, that the cartilage, tissue, yeah. yeah, it goes first. So you need an autopsy sometimes to identify sometimes even the sex after a spontaneous human combustion case. No, uh, thanks. I'm dead. Not king shaming, Kevin. I'm not. I'm just saying I'm dead. No, thanks. I'm good. All right. You don't want one last go out of it? I'm already dead. Okay. Can't enjoy it. Got it. It also seems that there's little fire damage to the surrounding environment. And this is what got me the most, okay? 200 plus cases have been documented between the last three or 500 years, depending on how you go. And none of them are considered scientifically proven. So I had to pick from 200 cases, basically. From basically. Yeah, basically. So this is what I came up with. And the first one you picked is Mary Reeser, also known as the Cinder Woman. Ah, what am I doing? No, stop. 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 Bad. Bad phone. Bad. There we go. She was an elderly, overweight woman who died of spontaneous human combustion on 1 July 1951. She was 67 years old at the time, and it was apparently early in the morning when this happened. Apparently, her landlord, Pansy Carpenter, smelled an awful smoke smell. But she ignored it like one would do. And at around 8 a.m., Pansy went upstairs to check on Mary, but the door handle was so hot that she screamed, which grabbed the attention of two workmen. When they pushed the door open, they couldn't find Mary, so they called the police, as one does. It was also really funny that I just looked up and there was this cloud of smoke coming at me. I'm like, ah! I combusted. You did. If that happens on this, I think, well, you you won't get to reap the benefits, but this would become a very popular podcast. Hey, I can deal with a Van Gogh situation. Kevin, carry on in my name. I'll do that for you. (laughs) So after calling the police, they said that Mary had suffered from spontaneous human combustion when her 175-pound body was reduced to just 10 pounds of ash. She had few remains, including a piece of her spine and her shrunken skull. 
The walls of her room were covered in a stinky, oily soot. Otherwise, everything else in the room remained nearly unharmed. The cause of her death is still unknown, though I'm going with fire. And there is a possibility that there will never be an answer. And that's looking pretty good considering it's 2021 currently. Backtrack for just a second. I feel like the word stinky is underused as well. Do you remember when we were kids, how many times you dropped stinky in your day? That's because it's been replaced with other words. (laughs) It it definitely has. (laughs) But I I was just thinking that the dichotomy of a cold case of spontaneous human combustion. That's good. That's a good one. According to the FBI, the sedated widow apparently sat down in an upholstered chair and fell asleep while smoking a cigarette. The cigarette set fire to her nightgown and housecoat, although the upholstered chair had a fire retardant treatment. The chair burned too, even though it was coated, is what I was getting at there. At the end of the fire, of course, Mary was gone. And nothing remained of the chair but the springs. Yet there were all sorts of anomalies. Why did the pile of newspapers stacked next to the chair not burn? And in fact, they remained untouched and intact. Why had there been no widespread smoke or odors? Only one person had smelled anything. We have a Dr. William M. Is that an R or an N? Krogman. Krogman, yes. It was a glare on my phone. I had to move. Dr. Krogman, a professor of physical anthrop- of psycho- uh, physical anthropology at the University of Pennsylvania, not to be confused with Penn State, which is a different institution, had, ex- had an experienced fire research researcher. Uh, well, I fucked all that up. So this guy is is apparently an experienced fire researcher, and he disagreed with the FBI's conclusion. The doctor wrote that of all the fire deaths he investigated, I cannot conceive of such complete cremation without burning of the apartment. The death was officially deemed accidental death by fire of unknown origin. Hmm. Eric, what do you think about that? So I can get new fucking glasses. Well, I was going to say, it seemed like it came from either the chair or inside her body, so the origin wasn't that unknown. The fire is coming from inside the house. You hear all these people talk about they have a fire burning inside them. These people took it to that level. Uh, it's, it's one of the... To me, when I think about it, it's... I, I, I'm quoting a, a TV show, but... The human body is basically a potato clock. Uh, we're, we're complex emotions within a house plant. We need water, sunlight, and all that. But we have so many electrical impulses that control everything we do. Uh, there's been how many billions of people, if one impulse, electrical impulse is wired the wrong way, it could set up a chain reaction, it just does this. But that's what I think causes it. Well, here's... Uh, let me just throw some some facts down for you, okay? Because this is the part Become that got a factual me. podcast. Yeah, every once in a while. I didn't sign up for this. 
I'm so sorry. I'm going to disappoint you. So let's just zone in on the fact that she was 170 pounds and she got reduced to 10 pounds of ash. Okay. From sitting in a chair. (laughs) And, And this fire did not burn all that long. Okay. That's the part I'm at. So the human body is incredibly hard to incinerate. Okay. Serial killers fuck this all the time. They think they can dump gasoline on a corpse, light it up, destroy it. And the fire never with accelerants gets hot enough to completely destroy the body of all evidence. Okay. It's not an effective way to dispose of someone, especially let alone rendering them to 10 pounds of ash. Okay. You need the, like the crematoriums, right? They use temperatures between 22 to 2,600 degrees Fahrenheit for hours to get bone fragments. Okay. The body is made up of 60% water. So you need some heavy devy heat to destroy it. I actually wrote down the process of crematoriumism too, because I thought this was interesting, but let me just go through the whole process on how you get 10 pounds of ash after several hours. If I may, we're good. We're good. Go for it. We're going to do it anyway because I'm drunk. Okay. So they preheat the oven like they're going to bake a fucking cake to 1,100 degrees Fahrenheit. And then they use high-density fiber brick designed to retain heat. Okay. Once the door is sealed, the body is subjected to a jet engine-like column of flame aimed at the torso. Okay. The heat ignites the con- in, in the container and dries the body out, okay? That's when you're getting those soft tissues starting to tighten, burn, and vaporize from the heat. The skin becomes waxy, discolored, blisters, splits. The muscle then begins to char. Then it flexes and extends the limbs as it tightens. The bones are the last motherfucking thing to go, Okay. They become calcified once they're exposed to the heat and they begin to flake and crumble. Okay, so this is a long process. Once the body is completely burned, then the chamber is cooled and the cremated remains still kind of look like human skeletal remains. So they're swept up, all right, into a little boom tray, like with like a little broom and a handle. And then they use like these powerful magnets to go back and forth to make sure they pick up any things like fillings and uh, metals from his replacements and shit so that it doesn't interfere with the grinding process. Then the, the, like they're disposed of or recycled. Those bone fragments are then put into a grinder called a cremulator. I think is what it's called. Cremulator. Anyway. That uses ball bearings and rotating blades like a blender. Those remains are pulverized and poured into a plastic lined container or urn of a family's choice. So ashes aren't really ashes, okay? It's powder left over from bone. Super intense process. So how the fuck this lady's chair get that fucking hot to turn her bone to ash without being pulverized after being in an oven for 2,600 degrees. 
thoughts. Comments. Thoughts? Yes. Comments? Okay. Yes. I, I'm kind of with you there. I don't fucking know. Right. I, I, <laughs> I, I look, it, it's, I kind of, and I'm just leaning on what I said because I said it, not because it has any more merit than anything else. Uh, it, that something, uh, tr- something triggered it, and the electrical impulses within the body. She was considered overweight at 175. Now that's considered healthy, depending on height. And uh, it's I'm more than 175. I'm fucked. I, I, I I'm not. A lady never tells her weight, but not, so I'm not doing that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I I feel like that it just something ignites with inside the fat cells. Like they used to during World War II, rationing would ask for your bacon grease so they could use the nitrates in it to make bombs. Like it's essentially we, depending on the chemical reaction with inside ourselves, we are walking time bombs yeah hold put a pin in the bacon grease for just a minute because we're going to come back to that but i How just are we going to have in this episode we already have two yeah they're gonna yeah. they're just it, it's like a waterfall effect once one pin comes be, out they all start coming out this is hellraiser by the end of this i mean i'm into it now we're going to move on go ahead sorry no no i just wanted you to be as flabbergasted as me trying to write this now we're going to move on to Helen Conway. Yep. On 6 November 1964, Helen was in, in what? Invalid. Oh. So she was an I'm, invalid. I've never actually seen that word written before. <laughs> I had to Google that word to spell it. <laughs> I know what the word is and I know what the word means, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it written before. Right, because I wanted to spell it invalid, and it's not. It's invalid. Yeah. F- okay. <laughs> wow. We need to add this to kids' spelling homework. Invalid. Uh, okay. Anyway, now that I'm a complete and total idiot, our good friend Helen here was an invalid from Pennsylvania, which is where we're from. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a little inside baseball here, but we'll play with it. She was babysitting her grandchildren. They were six and eight years old when one of the neighbors saw a huge flame. The kids were downstairs watching TV like nothing happened. The fire department was called to find her body incinerated. Only her wedding ring had survived. Along with her legs, which were casually crossed. The fire department said that the the blisters that remained on her calves indicated that she was still alive when her body went up in flames. Of course, they could find no accelerants at the scene, which is crazy considering how intense the fire had burned. Again, there was little damage to the surrounding room. Only the television and the telephone next to her had begun to melt. What was strange is that there were some nearby highly flammable items that did not ignite, uh, like Tool or her cigarettes, and they were less than three feet away. 
Her upper body completely burned into nothing in a matter of about 20 minutes. This was estimated based on the time that passed from the neighbor seeing the smoke and then the time it took for the firefighters to respond to the call. It is impossible to be cremated so fiercely from a cigarette burn, which we covered about four seconds ago. Mm -hmm. Normally, if something burns, energy is released in 360 degrees, uh, but her chair was compressed into a corner, only allowing for about 90 degrees. So that means there's a more severe fire. Her chair and dress were made of high flat Sherlock, what are you doing? Of high flammable materials. But then why did her legs not burn? 30 years later, the fire department is still haunted by the case and it remain remains unsolved, but was deemed an accident. I think it was the grandkids. <laughs> I would think that too. I think they tried to off grandma for their inheritance early. I think they're fire breathers. Maybe they listen to too much Rammstein. <laughs> they were the they were the um, inspiration for the dragons in Game of Thrones. <laughs> the kids were fucking watching TV when this happened, right? Allegedly. Like grandma's allegedly. Okay. So there is a counter argument to this case. I'm not saying it was ancient assassins. But it was Ancient Assassins. Also, Ancient Assassins is actually a show on TV. Wait, what? Yeah, it is. Yes. There's a show called Ancient Assassins on TV. You find out the origin of the word assassin. No, I know, but I love that we're now ancient assassin theorists. You worked yes. that back around just like beautifully, Kev. I love you. I tried my best. Oh, it's so good. You know, it, we were getting really good at the ancient alien theories on our own. So now it's more of a reach trying to find the ancient assassin. This could be aliens. What? That set yeah. her on fire? Yeah. I'm not, saying it, I'm not saying it was aliens, but I'm sure it's thinking it quite loudly. <laughs> it, it could be fire gnomes, too. We we can't leave any stone unturned. Definitely could be gnomes. The, yeah. the garden gnomes. You got to watch those garden gnomes. Oh my god, do you remember the show where there was like the little gnome that rode the bunny with his little old wife? What was his name? Uh, not ringing a bell. Damn. All right, anyway. There is a counter argument to the case that um, this particular kind of fire lends itself to a distinct cone pattern similar to a V that people on the video comp thing can see me trying to make with my Italian gestures, okay, but it's a B. There is insufficient though, like, okay, she combusted from the inside or the fire started in the chestular core region and then V'd up. This is, is why you can't work your core too hard. Right. Ladies, skip ab day, okay? Just quit engaging your core altogether. But that V would centralize the heat and the um, damage, okay? Uh, but there's insufficient evidence due to the lack of damage that was done in that V pattern appropriately and how quickly, again, this woman was completely rendered to ash. There was a 
theory that the fire got so intense that the back of the chair like collapsed and that's why her core fell backwards and her legs remained. But if you're fire, if you're, if you're in a fire that hot to turn your body to ash, you still think like at least me that something else would have caught fire even with the whoosh back. Okay. So this is the most famous case of what, um, spontaneous human combustion theorists call the Hiroshima effect. Oh, can I add that to my business card too? Yeah. Can you believe I got that out without stumbling? Nice. <laughs> I'm going to need like six business cards. Like here's a stack of them. You can win a lot of lunches with those though. That's true. Yeah. I think this is the thing that Eric keeps pinging around this Hiroshima effect. Okay. It's also called a subatomic Prototron theory, which is based on my new favorite subject, quantum physics, that I am now learning. Those would make a great band name. Subatomic proton theory? Yes. Prototron theory? Mm -hmm. I'm down. That's our band name now. Okay. The theory states that there are extremely small and high-powered particle, like a neutrino, that zips through the spaces between the quarks that make up an atom, okay? Which compose the molecules of the human body. Now, on rare occasions, a rogue particle scores a direct hit with a quark and sets off an internal chain reaction that radiates outward from a central point. Now, this can cause instantaneous vaporation. Vaporization. Yes. Now, the fire chief on this particular case indicated that the source of the fire, in his professional opinion, seemed to correlate to a source internal of the body. And what sucks for me is I couldn't find a coroner, coroner's report to corroborate. But Hiroshima effect. What do you think? Now, you may ask yourself, why is the victim always alone? Which should actually be a line in that song. But that's not here. Neither. Where are their witnesses? Uh, Do the next case. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, yeah. Oh. Although Eric seems to have a theory, so let's hear it from Eric. Yeah, oh, no, I was going to say one of the subjects I researched was about um, a woman who started to combust under her shirt, and her husband pulled the shirt off of her, and her skin was all burned. Oh, and this is in my notes. Elaborate. Tell the story. It, it is in your notes, or it is not in your notes? It is not in the notes. Okay. You can and this it. might have a – is proximity bias a thing? Is that yes. a, an official bias? Okay. So this took place in a recency bias as well, 1996 in Stowe, Ohio. So it's it's something that happened rather recently. It was uh, Michael and Kay uh, Fletcher, and Kay had gone into the kitchen and her shirt was smoking. And her husband, like a good husband would do instead of making fun of her, uh, decided to remove the shirt. And underneath the, on her left shoulder, she was badly burned. No shit. And went to the hospital. Like they couldn't figure out what caused it, all those things. But they, th- the 
was on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, which is where I found it, that she potentially survived spontaneous combustion. The you, material of the sweater shirt was nothing, or sweater was nothing out of the ordinary. Um, it's something she'd worn before many times. It's just dumb luck or good luck. So there was a witness, and it did get whatever was causing it stopped. That's the first case I've heard of somebody like have a spontaneous combustion situation and not die. Like she survived. So she's telling her story, right? Yes. That's amazing. She was interviewed. I'll give it. All right. Well, the, uh, all right. Let's put it into the, the case of witnesses. Cause it seems like we have another good case for Kev to tell us about where there was a witness. We're going to talk about, uh, Jean Safin? Safin? Safin. We'll Safin. I don't know. Whatever. Safin? Safin? On September 23rd, 1982, she was sitting in her kitchen with her father, John, and her brother-in-law, Don. Uh, she loved looking at the newspaper, even though she was illiterate. She was also mentally challenged and most certainly did not smoke like any of our other victims. Out of nowhere, her father explains, she started spewing fire like a dragon with a loud roaring sound. Roar! Roar, roar, roar! I'm a dinosaur! Roar! (laughs) I hope that helped, just in case you guys didn't know what that sounded like. John and Dawn tried to get the water out with fire, get the water out with fire. The fire out with water is the way that actually works. Not always. Sometimes water can act as a, an <laughs> accelerant to certain fires. Guys, sometimes you got to fight fire with fire. Wait, the, the water needs put out. Get some fire. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Firemen, there's watermen in case... <laughs> just in case fire pops up just in case water pops up just there with a big just like flamethrower <laughs> is that how we're handling floods now <laughs> flooding situations call on yes. the watermen <laughs> yes <laughs> with their flamethrower <laughs> see now I'm just the meme Hans gets the flamethrower <laughs> yeah. call Robstein again get them out there <laughs> oh wow So they tried to get the fire out with water, as one normally does, and was then sent to the burn unit in a coma. She was treated until her death caused by bronchopneumonia due to burns, eight days later. Her father had severe burns on his hands from trying to help his daughter. Both men reported that there was no visible cause for the fire. The room did not have any signs of burning or charring, although it was a little smelly afterwards. Don also stated that Janine's clothes were unburned and there was no smoke damage in the kitchen. Steph was watching a documentary where some genius comes up with some bullshit about how an ember could have come through on the breeze and caught her dress on fire. Uh, Steph, you want to comment on this? Yeah, dude, you're you're telling me a magical fairy fire 
ember rode in on a breeze just to fuck up this lady's day. I think there was a second ember on the grassy knoll. It, it has to be. Mm. The only thing that this guy in the documentary said that made sense to me was that should something on the surface have caught in fire, okay, um, it could have been spread further by her hyperventilating, which could indicate that fake fire breathing thing that they saw. So if some magical ember from some fucked up, pissed off fairy came through the magical window, floated past everybody without being seen and caught her shirt on fire. And she's <gasps> that hyperventilation could make it look like, cause she's using her oxygen to feed the fire, make it look like, but I'm still, what the fuck? Magical breeze embers. Where are those? Was this, this was 62, right? 82. 82? Oh, okay, shit. Because 62, I was going to say, is the precursor to the magic bullet in 63. Oh, no. This is some fucking angry fairies or something. Some angry fire fairy just decided to pee out the window one day. <laughs> what, Kev? New, new topic for the next pod. Current ember theorists. <laughs> not saying it was embers. But I'm not saying it was not. Exactly. The funny thing is, though, the autopsy showed no burning in the back of her throat, and she had 30 to 40% surface burns. Uh, she died with fluid in her lungs like a normal burn victim. There had also been no charges filed and no accusations on who may have started the fire. The family is certain that the case was subjected to a cover-up. You know who's in on this? The aliens? Big Gnome. Not just the Big Gnome, but Big Gnome. It's like Big Tobacco, Big Pharma, Big Tech, and Big Gnome. They're right below Big Oil. <laughs> Not a lot of people talk about them. Okay. Well, they would go under the radar just because of their height. Yes. Because we, as we all know, though, step one is collect underpants. We don't know what step two is. It could be lighting people on fire. And step three is profit. That's where my fucking underwear went. Shit. <laughs> gotta be, you gotta watch them. All right. So let's go into the, uh, the, the, the witchy minute on this one. All right. Hang in there with me. Witchy okay? minutes with stuff. Yeah, several witchy minutes here. This one's going to take me a second. Okay, so somebody suggested that Janine may have caused her own psychic suicide due to her mother's recent death. Okay, now I know this idea is, it's out there, right? Like it's, it's in left field all the way. But, 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 but. This idea brought to you by Big Gnome. Yes. <laughs> Hear me out though. Okay, so I'm going to follow the logic train. All right, it's just. Hang in there with me. This theory can kind of be supported based on religious beliefs about the Kundalini. The what Kundalini? Kundalini. I discussed this the back. That's yes. I, I've done that. It it gave Michael Douglas cancer. No, kund, Kundalini. Okay. 
Neither one of yins were here for my episode on Arash Kigar and Ishtar, uh, Sisters of Sin. But this is the first time I brought up this idea of the Kundalini. The Kundalini is a snake, is represented as a snake, but it's the energy that flows up and down the spinal column of every living human being. This is known to Eastern physicians and metaphysicians. People who practice this shit, okay, in the Eastern world. Let's go with that. Less common in the Western. It is a very powerful bioenergy, okay, among other psychokinetic phenomenon that can produce an intense internal temperature that spikes when it's out of balance, okay? Now, I'm not entirely sure what causes the Kundalini to become imbalanced okay big gnome huh big gnome does okay but i mean watch big gnome it's coming for you it's coming for me so bad so apparently big gnome is fucking with my state of consciousness and possible emotional distress that can seem to cause effects in the kundalini fuck you big gnome okay now careful they're everywhere all right, so I've presented said idea, right, which is still left field. So let me produce evidence for said thing. Fair? Go for okay. it. Okay, great. Before Big Gnome gets to you. Yes. Okay, so I've grilled this home that the mind has a very powerful influence over bodily functions. My favorite is the Buddhist monks that meditate in low temperatures. Okay, and then they put this ice cold, wet cow draped over their shoulders and they can manifest their own body heat. Okay, so it's like the opposite of hot yoga. Yes, literal opposite, 100%. And so there's two aspects of this meditation that lead to temperature increases in the body because what happens is, is they put the, they're in cold, right? They're already in like freezing temperatures. And then they put an ice cold towel. And these monks through this meditation can cause the, their own internal body heat to start steaming the towels. Documented. Okay. So this is, this is through uh, using vase breath, which is concentrated visualization. It is specific breathing technique, which causes thermogenesis, which is heat production. Okay. Other technique involved in this is a concentrated visualization, which involves focusing on the mental image of a flame along the spinal cord to prevent heat loss. There was a guy, Herbert Benson, cardiologist at Harvard fucking medical school, that went to stay with the legacy doesn't count what no yeah long skulls yeah long skulls yeah okay but dude yeah okay so he went to stay with the monks in the 80s and he actually tracked the vital signs and body heat output during these meditation sessions benson found scientifically that these monks prevent Possessed. Yeah. Yeah. Remarkable capacities for controlling their oxygen intake and then resulting body temperatures and brain waves from manipulating their oxygen intake. 
before we get away from the monks too far, yeah, have you seen the pictures of I think it's the Franciscan monks who adopted a dog? No. He's dressed in the little robe and everything. It's adorable. The saffron robes or the orange robes? It's like a brown. Okay, you got to send it to me because that's. I, I will have to find it again. I will have to find it again and send it to you. But Leave it's that little, shit out. What are we doing? It's just with this little Twitter? like. It's just like this little schnauzer in this little robe, and it's so cute. Oh no. Okay. All right. But anyway, my case in point is that even though it's considered paranormal or some shit, a strong placebo effect can have a profound ability to influence the human body. So maybe. I'm going to say that maybe she could accidentally telekinetically set herself up for a suicide. I'm I'm going to put it into the realm of plausible based on these meditations on the Kundalini with the monks. Is it more or less plausible than our Mars jump ropes? Our Mars what? Jump ropes? Rooms. Jump rooms. What's a jump room? Can I jump in a room that looks like Mars? Is that a thing? No, it's from that god-awful quote-unquote documentary you made me watch. Oh. <laughs> I had so much Gentleman Jack, I forgot about it. I'm trying to throw, I'm trying to, throw it back to other episodes. It's, it's good. Eric, what do you think about my Kundalini theory? Come at me. Or please. Mars jump rooms. Or Big Gnome. Or yeah, dogs dressed up as monks. I'll take anything, really. No. Uh, dogs dressed up as monks? That's, that's definitely like the highlight of the show for me. Uh, just because I love adorable dogs. My dog's adorable. I have a penguin's jersey for him. And I gave him too many pizza crusts, and now he can't fit in it. But that's oh, beside the point. Poor pupper. I know. Uh, but I was just, while you were describing that, two things popped into my mind, Steffi. Uh, I girl I dated in the past talked about that. She was in a, a class, I want to say at CMU but I, I don't remember exactly, but she talked about being able to raise the heat body temperature of just a, an appendage. Like she was able to just through concentration, make her leg feel warmer than it was. Yeah. That's the thing I've heard about. Um, special forces snipers use that. And then the other thing that I was thinking is like we, we talk about uh, emotions, the mind over the body. And when you think about when, at least for me, if my temper gets, if my temper flares up, it literally flares up. My body feels hot. I, I'm sweating. It's definitely something where like people can feel the heat coming off of me if I get angry enough. Uh, it's where I've been able to like go outside when it's 10 degrees and not even notice it. So I absolutely believe that that's a thing that can be put out of whack and cause more damage than just, you know, me needing to rehydrate. Have you got some alternative theories for us, right? What do you got? I do. I'm also, I'm also trying to find the score of the basketball game because I have a bet on it. So <laughs> I just need them to win. So Michigan state, come on, pull it out for me. You're only up by like three. I need you to win. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. I got 25 bucks riding on this game. <laughs> Your shoes cost more than that. It's a massive bet for me. It's like 5x my normal bet. I, I need to win this. 
they're also part of my fourteen parlay. So if they lose, I'm really fucked. But anyway, we're going to talk about some alternative theories. The first one being is that you just want to dance with somebody and you want to feel the heat from somebody. <laughs> That's one of my favorite songs ever. You just want somebody to love. So, exactly. Yeah. With somebody who loves me. That's our first theory. I don't sing on here very much, so I'm done. Our second theory yeah. is uh, it comes to us from a Larry Arnold and in his 1995 book called A Blaze with exclamation point, he proposed a pseudoscientific new subatomic particle, which he called a pyrotron. He also wrote that the flammability of a human body could be increased by certain circumstances, like increased alcohol in the blood. He further proposed that extreme stress could be a trigger that starts many of the combustions. And I'm going to pause here to take take a sip of my Guinness Nitro cold brew coffee. I will sip my Gentleman Jack in response. It's apparently beer with coffee and other natural coffee flavors, 4% alcohol by volume, and you must be 21 or older to purchase. My bottle's in the other room. I, so, I feels like a teetotaler. I don't have any alcohol next to me. It's okay. I also, have a, I also have a giant eco-vessel of water sitting right over here, too. So hydrate or dehydrate, y'all. This process may use no external oxygen to spread throughout the body. Since it may not be an oxidation reduction reaction, however, no reaction mechanism has been proposed. We have a researcher named Joe Nickel, Nicoli? Nickel. No, it's Nickel. And he has criticized Arnold's hypothesis as based on selective evidence and argument from ignorance. I like I love, this guy. Yeah, I love when they get into pissing contests. The scientists, it's so great. That guy claps hard. Yeah. Love. Your argument is from ignorance, sir. Oh, sick bird. <laughs> get the aloe vera. It's too late if it's spontaneous human combustion. No, much, no aloe, amount of aloe vera is going to fix that. Aloe vera, apply it directly to the forehead. <laughs> Just for p- p- prevent spontaneous. Oh, Steph's getting drunk. <laughs> She's been drunk. Yeah, but it's it's starting to hit her now. <laughs> <laughs> Kev goes to me at this point. He's like, shit, I got to call the wife. I'm driving Steph home. Oh. At least there's somebody else here to drive the bus tonight. I'm not I'm not stuck doing it myself. We're on the bus to hell, Eric. I didn't know if you knew that, but that's that's what we are. The bus oh, to hell. That that's fun. All aboard the snuggle bus. In seventy-six, the book Fire from Heaven, UK writer Michael Harrison suggests that spontaneous human combustion is connected to a poultry geist activity. 
fuck? Yes. <laughs> poultry or polter? It's actually polter, but I was just slipping poultry in to see if anybody <laughs> caught it. <laughs> actually, we have a clip on the, the Patreon of you balking like a chicken. It's yeah. much better than mine. Well, you need to practice. Well, set the standard for me once again. No, go back and watch the video. So, as we were saying before we got off track talking about poultry, speaking of which, uh-huh. I had two packages of chicken go bad today. That's really annoying because I really wanted to make chicken for dinner. But I had grilled cheese instead. It was delicious. So, the force which activates the poltergeist originates in and is supplied by a human being. That's his argument. That is his argument. In quotations. Within the concluding summary, Harrison writes that spontaneous human combustion, fatal or non-fatal, belongs to the extensive range of poltergeist phenomena. Eric, thoughts? Uh, Sorry, my brain hurts from that. Right? Sometimes you read these theories and you go, what the fuck? Uh, I think you're going to like the next theory better, though, because I think you can elaborate on it. Uh, well, I was going to quickly try to quickly elaborate on this. of uh, Poltergeists causing spontaneous human combustion? Yeah, poltergeists do, do interact, but they're not... They can't... They don't possess. The poltergeist activity is a spirit that is external causing pains in the ass activity for lack of a better way of putting it and that theory disappoints me because i've know lots of investigators that you look at them and you're someday you're going to spontaneously combust and i've literally thought that about a few but that's my take on that we're now going to move on to john abrahamson yeah okay dude pick a last name and stick with it. Stop adding on to it. Your name had two natural endings. You don't need a third. Just annoying. Mm-hmm. So this guy with three last names suggested that ball lightning could account for spontaneous human combustion. Ball lightning ball. is an unexpected Atmospheric electrical phenomenon. The term refers to reports of luminous spherical objects of which vary from the size of a pea to several meters in diameter. Several. Several. Mm -hmm. Though usually associated with thunderstorms, it lasts considerably longer than the split-second flash of a lightning bolt. Many early reports say that the ball eventually explodes, sometimes with fatal consequences, leaving behind the odor of sulfur. And here I thought ball lightning is when you tase yourself in the balls and then die when you're trying to take over the capital. Eric, I think you were trying to explain to me something very similar to this. What are your thoughts? Uh, actually, that was exactly what I was trying to explain. It's, it's 
called ball lightning or globe lightning, uh, but it did not have any. It didn't have any of that as, as far as the research I found. Uh, the research I found says that it's a, a remnant of lightning bolts. It's just statically charged air that can be from the size of a tennis ball to several meters. It has been reported going all the way back to ancient Greece. There have been incidents of it. Uh, and there's several theories of what it could be. Some of it's gamma radiation. Uh, there was a uh, a reporting in a Czechoslovakian hospital where a ball of lightning or globe of lightning, however you want to phrase it, came through a window, bounced around the hospital corridor, fucked up a lot of their shit, and then just dissipated. I've not heard anything where they explode. It, it's pretty much like with lightning. It flashes and is there for a set amount of time, and then it just goes away. Uh, but nothing where it's had the effect of just blowing somebody apart. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's the spontaneous human combustion is like setting up people primed to explode. And then you have this atmospheric phenomenon, for lack of a better word, triggering that chain reaction. Plausible, not plausible. Uh, very plausible. It would okay. explain why there's never any witnesses, or rarely any witnesses. Yeah, let's go with rarely. So my favorite theory, and I'm going to try my best to get through it because I'm drunk, so just hang in there with me, guys. Strap on. I mean, strap it. Or strap on. I mean, I'm down. Are you the most common explanation of spontaneous human combustion is the wick effect hypothesis, or I have affectionately come to call it the human meat candle. So it suggests that a small external flame, such as a burning cigarette or chars the clothing of a victim at a location, splitting the skin and releasing fat, which turns, which in turn absorbs into burning clothing, acting as a wick. The combustion can continue as long as this fat fuel is available. Now, this has actually been successfully tested with animal tissues, particularly a pig, and is consistent with evidence recovered from cases of human combustion. So they took pig, winded up with person, used the human meat candle, looks the same. The human body typically has enough stored energy in the fat and other chemical stores to fully combust the body. Even lean people have several pounds of fat in their tissues. This fat, once heated by the burning clothing, the wicks into the clothing much like a candle, like, look. If you have a regular candle that used to be made out of animal fat, ergo the bacon, which I made you put a pin in earlier. And then they put the wicks in it and light it, and then the fuel keeps it burning, yada, yada, yada. Okay, but... What, what okay, this is why I'm not 100% married to the wick effect because it's a slow burn over a long time and it's highly centralized. Pig tests also indicated that bodies need to be kept burning for five hours for the bones to be completely destroyed using this theory. Feet don't typically burn because they often have the least fat, hands also have little fat that 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 may burn if 
resting on the abdomen. Okay. But when they're on the sides, they kind of get left behind and everything else in the torso has every necessary fat for combustion. So that's the, that's the meat candle effect. Um, you can actually see other people back this shit up too. Cause Brian J Ford was an independent research biologist has suggested that ketosis possibly caused by alcoholism or low carb dieting produces acetone, which is highly flammable. And then therefore could lead to spontaneous human combustion. So here is a warning against the keto diet. I actually had a, I was on a date with a guy that yelled at me because I was on keto. You guys hear this shit about keto? I know it can cause pancreatitis. Well, no, it's, it literally, when it's breaking shit down, your breath literally smells bad from the buildup of acetone. The guy's like, everybody's breath smells so bad. I'm like, well, my breath might not smell so bad because you bothered to make out with me, but sure. Apparently it sucks. I thought it just (laughs) led to really annoying Facebook posts. Wait, what? The keto diet. I thought it just led to really annoying Facebook posts. Well, apparently it can also lead to spontaneous human combustion. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, that acetone is highly flammable. But how okay. long has the keto diet been around? Not that long. Okay. But the caveman diet has been along for a little bit. It's been, you know. Since cavemen. Yeah, it's a thing. Okay, so I have two theories left. So I'm going to do my best here to plow through them, guys. Mass cell researcher Lawrence Afrin posits that a rare condition called mass cell activation syndrome or MCAS may be the cause of spontaneous human combustion. Now in these cases, it occurs that when a mass cell in the body releases too much of the substance inside them at the wrong times. Okay. So these cells can release over 200 inflammatory molecules known as mediators. Mass cells are part of your immune system. They're found in your bone marrow. They're found around the blood vessels of your body as well. Mediators cause inflammation, which helps your body heal from an injury or an infection. Now, There was a case with a man with the MCAS who grew ill and appeared to smoke in the presence of several weaknesses. Afrin writes that the release of a large amount of mast cell-derived substances could turn on a regulatory protein called UCP1 in greater than normal amounts. This thing causes oxidation to be released as heat. Under the right circumstances, a sudden flood of these substances are released from the mast cells, which could activate that UCP1 switch, which causes heat generation in an excess of 194 degrees. Once these tissues infused with all this shit are ignited, it would burn itself out, inclusive of the bone marrow. Some common triggers 
could be allergenic type critter triggers critters yeah critters too like insect bites or certain kinds of food you can have drug intrusive triggers such as antibiotics or pain relievers you can have stress triggers like anxiety pain exercise being overly tired or having an infection smells can trigger this shit such as perfume hormonal changes related to the menstrual cycle can also cause this trigger and last mast cell hyperplasia which is a rare condition that can occur in some cancers and chronic infections also can light up the ucp1 switch of an excess of 194 degrees what do you think i was trying not to say icp the whole time you were saying ucp no no i'm saying clown policy that that is not allowed on this podcast period well, I'm not a fan. I just, I'm a dick. So letters make me, make me want to do wordplay. But it sounds plausible, except you you said 194 degrees, not 2400, mm-hmm. which is what a crematorium uses. Correct. So I'm going to come to my favorite case study. And guys, hang in there with me. All right. I'm going to pause and I want your thoughts. Okay. So there was a small town in Colorado that actually saw several cases. A local scientist came up with probably the best explanation of spontaneous human combustion I have ever seen. And I'm going to give you as direct of a quote as I can. Okay. As food is digested, the natural process of giving off a, wait, the natural process of giving a natural byproduct known as methane gas. Methane gathers in the bowel area where it causes pressure. Normally, a person would expel this pressure buildup pleasantly. Should the gas not be expelled, the methane can build up and ignite, leading to a disaster. So if you hold in your farts for too long, you could spontaneously combust thanks to... Thanks to methane. Thanks to Stan Marsh. Ah. I I was thinking the South Park episode the whole time. Yes. You know what's crazy? You know why I love South Park so much? Based on fact. So when they wrote this episode for, you know, everybody was dating new people and they were holding in their farts and spontaneously combusting, which is kind of me right now because I'm back out in the dating world or some shit. They based this on actual fucking science. That's just why that show is so intelligently smart and funny. And I hate that. I do love. No, I don't hate it. I love it that South Park is one of those amazing platforms that have this pulse on pop culture and it even though it's raunchy it addresses it in such an intelligent way blows my mind so there was a british chemist dr john emsley that suggested that cases of spontaneous human combustion can result from an overproduction of a pyrophoric liquid um in the gut okay it's called uh diffus diffus wait dipho Spain? Yeah, we're going to go with that. It's a flammable gas that's used in distress rockets and self-igniting flares and naturally occurs in small doses of the body. 
Now, he postulates that self-combustion would also result in the ignition of hydrogen and methane gases in the gut, which would explain why witnesses caught, would explain that there were blue flames that originated from the uh, ignition from the ab- uh, abdomen. Okay. Methane burns with a pale blue flame. Uh, the quote I got from John is as follows. We know that this gas is very flammable. It bursts into flames immediately. So suddenly it looks as if there was a way in which the gases were being produced by the first microbes in the gut could in fact burst into flames as they left the body. And that would trigger the body to begin burning under its own powers. What's the rough temperature of a methane flame? I have no idea because I closed the document and I'm drunk. <laughs> That's the only critique I would have of it is does it get to a high enough amount to reduce the human body to ash? I think I'm more pleased with the fact that South Park based spontaneous human combustion on an actual scientific thing. But if somebody wants to Google for house points, the heat that caused, you know, temperature of a blue flame, I'm down. I think blue is only less than white. Like white flame, blue flame, as far as the temperature goes. But I'm currently using my phone to do this, so I don't know that I can Google it. Actually, I know that I've sat in campfires and there were blue flames at one point. You can throw stuff. You can throw stuff into flames to make it change color. That being said, I think we've we have encompassed all things that are spontaneous human combustion. I feel like it's covered, right? I did. I, we did good. We did good. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. All right, Kev. What's a weird but true? One or two. 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 Yeah, always do the butt stuff. Number two. All right, this is this is from four days ago. So this is very current. This there is the first ever sighting of a walrus in Ireland after <laughs> it is thought to have drifted across the Atlantic Ocean after falling asleep on an iceberg. I, I saw that. I saw that. Honestly, same energy here. <laughs> Wait, this walrus just took a nap. And then fell asleep on an iceberg and woke up in Ireland. <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be like the this the plot of a new Pixar movie where either the mom or like the penguin friend is gonna have an enormous ass. I want that enormous ass. All right. That wow, how do you both see this shit and I don't see any of it? We have more free time? I guess. And I'm busy I, making my cakes. If I looked at the screen time the screen time on my phone, it would probably be like 27 hours a day. Okay, guys. I think we hit the end of the episode. It's time to do the non-offensive tear of the week. Yes. All right. Guess guess picks numbers. Why nope. not? Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. 
Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly, non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. Me again? Yeah. Uh, Hold on, pick, pick. We already did 39. 40. Did that one. Oh, hell. 15. Yeah, I got to rewrite this list. 15. Okay. This is my favorite thing ever. I don't have a way to mark it off. This week, your non-offensive dare is to make something out of yarn. I don't have any yarn. You get some yarn, you go to the dollar store, you buy some yarn, and you make something. Even if it's a kitty toy or a, a, a bookmark, something that gets you your house points. You make something. Make a voodoo doll. I don't give a shit. Just make something out of yarn. Uh, make one of make something out of yarn. This has been a very long episode, and since Steph is drunk, I am gonna I am gonna end this road trip and <laughs> save sound made in a bunch of editing. So Tune in for the same bat time, same bat channel, same bat expired parrot coupons, and we will see you next week. Wait, wait, real quick. We got a really smart episode for you next week. We do have a smart episode next week. Tune in, get your IQ up. All right. Say bye, Eric. Hey, uh. This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.